distance Join the resistance Come on, let's start by talking tactics Have a pass and match this Here's how we practice The last order conversation Hi everybody, welcome to Pop Culture Continuum, or PCP for short, in our new format, Sports Sports Sports. With me are my two co-hosts. To my left is that expert in English Premier League, John Astronaut Elliot. And to my right is the man who knows more about the NFL than you know about the back of your boring rod hand, David the Emerald Razor Snyder. And I'm Buzz Richards. Welcome. Today we're going to go in-depth into the NFL season of 2013. Ups and downs, lefts and rights all around. Take it away, fellows. I don't know what the hell that was. Uh, this is John Elliott. That was Patrick Riccardi. I guess he's too ashamed to uh, say his name now. <laughs> and, uh, and this week we have a special guest. Hello, I'm David Schneider. Very excited to be taking part in the, the new format. Very. <laughs> yeah, aren't we all? Everybody knows what a what a sports guy I am, I think, who <laughs> listens to the podcast. So, oh, Pat, that would be, uh, you, you know, I'd probably, I mean, that would probably end our friendship if that uh, if that actually ever came to pass. If whatever came to pass. That we change the format to all sports. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to get more people to listen. Oh, that's true. That is... That is a good idea. We do. We haven't really gone for the uh, meathead market yet. And I was under the assumption that people weren't listening because of the ethnic last name. So I thought Richards would be a good, you know, people like non-Italians. <laughs> That's true. They do. They do love their non-Italians. Um, so, so you thought bringing a Schneider on as a guest would, would be the way to, <laughs> to boost ratings for the? I tried to say it's Schneider, so it, looked, it sounded like S N. Ah, gotcha. Yeah, because that's much less Jewy. <laughs> it's about twenty five percent less, Joey. So, David, uh, why don't you tell us what we're talking about this week? Since this was your pick, um, sure. Well, uh, thank. First of all, thanks. Thank you guys for having me, inviting me on your show. When you asked me to be on your show, and I sat and thought about the topics, uh, the one I came up with was Ocean's Eleven versus Ocean's Eleven. And the reason this appealed to me, and not knowing your guys' opinion on either film, but the reason I wanted to go with this one was basically the concept of remakes. And remaking films is something that's always interested me, and I think most of them are wrong purely for the reason for the film picked. And I, this is one I always bring up as a good remake, whatever your opinion on either film is. This one, to me, is a, one of the films that should have been remade. And I'm no, I'm I. So I, I would love to hear your opinion. Yeah, no, that that uh, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, we should mention also, I guess, uh, that you and Pat and I are friends, uh, fr- friends who've actually met in person, mm-hmm. unlike Amy, uh, who was on our our last episode, which isn't out yet, David. But uh, but uh, yeah, and and David knows a lot about film, majored in film, has done some work mm-hmm. in film, so. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we we were very excited to uh, hear your your thoughts on this. All, Pat, you want to talk about the two movies? Your your thoughts? Uh, I I was just thinking about when David initially said the thing about remakes. It reminded me of a conversation we had a long time ago where he said, "If you want to remake a movie, you re- you should remake a bad movie." Yep. Is this is this this is this what made that you think of that, or you had you already thought of that after you'd, I mean, before you'd seen these uh, the remake of Ocean's Eleven? 
I, you know, I don't remember exactly when that thought occurred to me, but it, it could very well have been this one. And I, I, I absolutely think that. I think, like you said, I, I've always said, don't remake great films. Remake films that had great ideas but were not very good. Exactly, yeah, and that's I, I, and Ocean's Eleven definitely did have great ideas. Yeah, but, it's 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 a it's a fascinating idea, and uh, you know, and that's another reason why I I, I think I, I picked these. A, as you guys know, I'm pretty much fascinated by anything that has to do with Las Vegas, and I also love heist films. So this to me was a, a kind of a natural topic. Yeah, I love heist films as well. Um, in fact, I'll talk about that when I do my recommendation at the end. But uh, I had never seen the original Ocean's Eleven. Had you, Pat? No, this is the first I've yeah, ever I'd, seen. Oh, good. Here. First time I saw it yesterday. Good, um, good. And I, I totally agree with you uh, on the on the remakes. I mean, most of them, I know we had talked about it, David, uh, probably all three of us, um, when they were going to remake uh, Willy Wonka mm-hmm. and, and uh, how we thought, you know, it could be, it, it's a great, the original's a classic, um, but, you know, some of the effects were not up to, up to the standards that people are used to today and they might have been able to do something better with that but uh but instead they made the uh abortion that was tim burton's version <laughs> um but yeah this i had seen oceans 11 uh the the clooney version mm-hmm. um in theaters and had never seen the original oceans 11 and did not was not looking forward to watching it um yesterday and uh i have to say i think in some ways it's the better movie of the two. Um, Wait, you're saying the Frank Sinatra version is a better, in better movie? In some ways, I think, uh, this I, I mean, the podcast though is over. We're, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll confine ourselves to the, the first, uh, film for now. But, uh, I thought that the ending was better. Number one. Um, there was some weird shit with the, you know, they had to give them like the Sammy, D- weird ass Sammy Davis jr. Song, that I guess was a showcase for his talents where he starts singing at the garbage depot and, uh, there's suddenly full orchestration and stuff, you know, that that's always cheesy as hell. And, uh, Dean Martin singing, uh, what, what, God damn it. What was the name of his song? Uh, Ain't that a kick in the head? Yeah. Uh, a number of times, uh, there was, which some of that was preposterous. Um, and the idea that Dean Martin could just get, were he not Dean Martin, you wouldn't buy him just getting a job in a Vegas lounge singing um, out of nowhere as a as an ex-military dude. But uh, well, most most military people have to take singing lessons before they go overseas, mm-hmm. so that did make sense to me. You know, I was in the army, Pat, so I do know that. Sorry. Um, yeah, I, I don't know who you think you're talking to. To re mi fa sol Wait, that's you, how we won re- the war re- in Iraq. Are you what? recording this from a garbage dump? <laughs> well my my home which is the next best thing gotcha um yeah i thought but i thought i thought this one well david you're a fan of heist movies um you said i thought i thought the original was more in the in the spirit of a lot of the heist movies i've seen um and i thought there was a lot more kind of moral ambiguity to it um in a lot of ways like the the remake was all about revenge and you're just rooting for these guys and and uh in this one i thought they were kind of a little bit scumbaggy mm-hmm. and uh and that added something to it for me because you're you're kind of rooting for them but you're kind of also and i think some of it might have just been the time like uh 
there was some stuff where like Dean Martin said if he was elected to, oh, God. to office <laughs> that he would repeal the 14th and 20th amendments and take away women's right to vote and turn them into slaves and I thought was that supposed to be played for laughs did anybody oh, find that so. funny I think so I, I think it was sort of played for laughs but I, I mean the movie is I mean they spend a lot of time kind of treating women like objects yes I mean like you know that scene where like hey it's you know it's, it's your nap time toots and you know it's time for us men to talk and like the one very kind of subtle moment that I, I think sums up the, their, the, the attitude towards women, and I think that joke is one that I thought of, but another subtle one is it's when the, the guy is, he's, he's, uh, he's going out, he's on the trail of the electrician, and he, you know, for, first he goes to the store, the, the store, and he, he's not there, he finds he's in prison, and he goes to this, his, his wife, the, the electrician's wife, and he finds out from her, that, oh, yeah, he's in prison, but he's getting out tomorrow. Oh, good. And so he starts to call out. And the woman, the wife, starts to talk. She starts to lay out her soul. She starts to say, like, you know, I, I, I'm worried that coming out of prison, he's going to be a bad influence. I'm like, she, you know, she's pouring her sorrow, heart, heart out. And the film just cuts away from her in the middle of her <laughs> sentence. It's like it just dissolves away. Like, it, it, you know, what she's saying is just it couldn't matter less. And I'm, I'm, I was wondering why, why did they even have her start to say that line if, well, if they were – Maybe they were being true to themselves and how they reacted to women who were talking with them in real life. Could be trying and to get a bit of the, verite it, feel to it. The the movie itself didn't it didn't make sense why they had any women in it. It was like all their all their stories kind of fizzled. Yeah. The, uh, Frank Sinatra's wife just disappeared in the middle of the movie. His mistress disappeared because I thought her character was going to have something to do with the heist, like screw it up somehow. But no, she just calls calls the wife and the wife says, "Leave him alone. I don't care about you." And that's it. That was the Less we saw those two characters. Yeah, exactly. The Angie Dickinson character, the the, the uh, Danny Ocean's wife, is she was a pretty strong character, but like you said, that she didn't she didn't have anything to do. Completely inconsequential. No, but she was great. I thought um, mm-hmm. I'll take Angie Dickson, Dickinson over Julia Roberts any day, personally. Um, well, well, it's I, I mean I know we're jumping around here, but we've seemed to have have landed on the the topic of the treatment of women, and I will say. I don't think Julia Roberts really gets any better treatment in the remake, even though the, the change in times. I mean, she's still really just kind of a prize. Yes. And, you know, George Clooney kind of tricks her into seeing that her husband really doesn't love her, that he's just kind of using her. But what does George Clooney do that's all that special for her? Right. Yeah, yeah and we're going to talk about that movie in Women. There's a scene with Brad Pitt where George Clooney's talking about I, uh, Danny Ocean. I forget Brad Pitt's character's name. Anyway, they're talking about someone who who died and he's like, well, what did you do for the oh. wife? And he's like, well, I dated her for a while. I was like, yeah, all right. <laughs> right. Right. So they that got a nice bit of that. You. <laughs> they got a bit of that rat pack feel. Yeah. in mm-hmm. there, well for this one, all right, let me just say, I'll, I'll make my case for why I, I thought it was a better movie in some ways. Um, first of all, the cinematography was uh, excellent. I thought, and the, the color, um, the use of color. I don't know. Was this like Technicolor, David? Do you know? Is that, yeah, was I'm pretty process, sure it was. Which I, um, which always looks great, and they they really care about the color and saturation, mm-hmm. and and uh, I like the you know the mid-century modern architecture and and uh, interior design and stuff, which is just an aesthetic thing. I know, but um, and along those lines, it also has that that terrific uh, Saul Bass opening title sequence. Yes, of course, the Saul Bass opening, uh, which is which you recognize right off as a Saul Bass thing. Yeah. Um, which was also very, you know, it, it's very of its time. 
mm-hmm. that opening sequence. But yeah, it's really well, who's cool. Who's Saul Bass? He's the uh, artist, graphic designer, I guess animator. Uh, okay. Who, who did the? He did a lot of North by Northwest. North, yeah, yeah. Okay. All, uh, Psycho. I think he, he designed. I think the is it the the AT and T logo and the the he's he's designed some very famous logos and he's done a whole bunch of title sequence movie title sequences. Yeah, if you look up on YouTube, Pat, you can find like Saul Bass title sequences. I'm sure that somebody's made a, a mashup of all of them. It's pretty. He's pretty cool. Somebody actually. I, I, again, I know we're jumping around, but somebody did a a title sequence of Star Wars in the style of Saul Bass, which is well, fun. really funny. <laughs> Speaking of YouTube, I I had put it doesn't matter what it is, but I wonder if he did Mad 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 Mad, Mad World because that had a similar kind of feel to it. I think but, he did. Yeah, I, yeah, I would imagine. I, I'm thinking about it too. Um, yeah, that's and you know those are those are little things, the reasons I like it. But like I said, I really I prefer the ending in the original, um, and I thought there were more. I can't say there were more twists in the original, but I didn't expect the twists in the original like I did in the uh, in the remake. That's, that's interesting because that I mean that's kind of one of the reasons why I uh, for opposite reasons why I prefer the remake because I felt like the the a lot of the twists in the original were kind of a little inconsequential and not really of character or story. Like, you know, for instance, what I was talking about earlier about the electricians, you know, it's that opening sequence where they're, ga- you know, it's a, the typical heist film sequence where they're gathering all the, you know, the participants and, you know, they run into problems like, oh, no, our electrician's in jail. What are we going to do? Oh, our electrician's in jail. Oh, my God, this is awful. Oh, wait, he's getting out tomorrow. <laughs> right. It, it's just these, these kind of things that don't really seem to, fo- it's not problems that they overcome. They're just problems that just kind of get solved. Right. And I th- and I thought the ending was interesting, but it seemed like a long way to go for a short, a, a goofy joke. I didn't even think it was so much a joke. Well, see, I thought it was kind of a, a more depressing, darker. And I, I mean, it's kind of a joke. I know what you're saying, but um, I, I do agree with you that I, I like that the fact that they went through the whole thing and didn't end up with the money. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's an interesting. If I was I was reading that the original script. They were supposed to have, instead of doing the whole garbage truck thing, they were going to fly out of Vegas on an airplane that one of them was going to fly. And in the original script, the plane was going to crash and they were all going to die. <laughs> oh, jeez. And they, and they, the studio probably said that, leave, for, leave that for the European remake. <laughs> exactly. We're, we're not doing that shit here. Or but, more like Frank Sinatra said, we don't want to pay for the airplane because we have a lot of booze to buy. You think Sinatra said that and not uh, Dean Martin or... Uh... Dean Martin didn't drink. Peter Lawford. The, uh, yeah, I, I thought overall, um, well, the like I said, I thought the characters had kind of more depth, although I will say it took them almost an hour just to get to the point where they were talking about what their plan was. Yeah. N- not, not much happened for the first hour. Yeah. So it was a little slow moving. And uh, just in case anybody out there is unaware of the plot, it's about... Uh, these guys who who conspire to rob three casinos in one night. Um, that's that's the basic gist of it. But I think pretty much everybody knows about that by now. Um, was so, it three casinos in the original as well? No, in the original it was five casinos. It was uh, it was um, the Riviera, Sands, Flamingo, Sahara, and it was one more. 
The uh, are any of those casinos still there? The only ones that are still there are the Riviera, which is a dump, and I've been there. That is dumb. the the. Fl- I've stayed there once. It's it was it's miserable, uh, and the Flamingo is also still there, but all the rest are completely gone. I did I like seeing the pictures of uh, or the the film of old Vegas. That's got to be that city has got to be the most changed city in America in such a short period of time. Absolutely, and that's actually one of the main reasons I love this film is is seeing the old Vegas that we'll never get to see any other way. No skyscrapers. It's just it's yeah. It's more like Reno. Mm-hmm. Was Vegas at that point? Did they have a strip? Is that where all these casinos were? Yeah, these are all in the script. Like uh, the, the Flamingo is still where it is. Uh, Sands, I think is Sands. I think is where the Bellagio is now. I could be wrong on that, but it's, okay. it's in that at that area. Uh, but yes, it was all part of the strip. So you, neither of you cared for the original that much. I enjoyed. I, I, Sorry, go ahead, Pat. I liked it for a period piece, like seeing Vegas as it was then and seeing the Rat Pack, who I don't especially appreciate, but it's neat to see them in their their natural habitat, so to speak. But other than that, I would not suggest people watch this movie. I didn't think it was very good. I, I'd say pretty much the same thing. I, I liked, really enjoyed seeing the Rat Pack, kind of just being the Rat Pack. And I liked the old Vegas. And it is, you know, it's kind of fun in, in that sense. But I, I, didn't, I don't think it's a very good movie. No, well, I, I don't know that I think it's a very good movie either, although I, I guess that kind of tips my hand about what I think about the, the remake. So, <laughs> um, although I, I did, the, the one actor, uh, Henry Silva, I don't know if you... Yeah, he's great. He's, he's, mm-hmm. he's the one that was uh, looking for the electrician. Yeah, it looks like Jack Palance. He reminds me of Jack Palance. Well, I recognized him. I was like, "Who the fuck is he?" And I was like, "Oh, Manchurian Candidate." And uh, yes, he was the dude, but he played an Asian, uh, you know, houseboy in uh, the Manchurian Candidate, which, uh, which is I just watched uh, West Side Story last mm-hmm. night. Um, as another thing, which was from was made a year after this movie, which was 1960, uh, was made, and uh, it really is. It really is jarring to see them put white people in minority roles uh, during that time period. Natalie Wood had that terrible accent in West Side Story. And, and this guy didn't play a minority in, in this, but he did play an Asian in The Manchurian Candidate. Do you guys think in uh, the 1960 beatniks were actually uh, news reporters? Jesus Christ, what was that about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I said... I said the exact same. Well, when he came on the when the news reporter came on the screen, I said to Viv, "Hell no." <laughs> well, it was Vegas. Well, no, no, I take that back. Actually, Vegas was was uh, pretty conservative at, at that time. It was virulently racist, so they probably were not having beatnik newscasters. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's, it was really jarring. It's yeah, Maynard, do the news. <laughs> I did like. Uh, well, well, there was the one guy who who died um, for to no purpose that I could, well, I, there was a purpose because that's how they ended up losing the money eventually. But, uh, but I liked what he was uh, at the doctor's office and he, he asked him, uh, is it the big casino doc? Yes. Yeah. Meaning <laughs> cancer. <laughs> I, I think it was one of those things where you like, you know, like you weren't allowed to say pregnant, like Lucy wasn't allowed to say pregnant on TV. I think at the time you couldn't say cancer on, in movies. Really? That's bizarre. No, I just made that up. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you you are the expert on uh, on movies was, and Vegas. I think he was he was honest about the cancer part, but he uh, pre- uh, Lucy said pregnant about seventeen times an episode. 
that's true. I feel pregnant, Ricky. I want to be on your show before I drop this baby because I'm pregnant, Ricky. You have some splaining to do. So, yeah, it, it, I I don't know that I'd recommend it either. Except, I mean, it's kind of cool to to see where the the remake came from, and like I said, the uh, I really like the look of of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. What, what do you guys think the worst remake is? The worst. Oh, that's a good question. I, I think you got to go with Psycho. With the, yeah, the shot for shot. I mean, it was it was it was it was awful, unnecessary, unnecessary and awful. Besides that, um, I mean, you know, we mentioned Willy Wonka. That was a pretty a pretty miserable one. I heard Planet of the Apes was as well, though I didn't see it. I, I didn't know. hate that as much as I should have. Oh, you I didn't? didn't? No, I, I, there were some terrible parts in it, but for the most part, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Well, my idea, David, if you can, uh, if you can get some of your Hollywood friends on this, is a uh, shot-for-shot remake of Dead Poet Society, but starring puppies. Okay. Well, an old dog as Robin Williams, but puppies as a student. Right. Right. No. Well, that, I assume that. Right. Actually, just Robin Williams as the Robin Williams character again, but a whole class full of puppies. I could see a whole franchise of that. We could redo Good Morning Vietnam as well. And always bring Robin Williams back. Well, no, I, I think I, I was thinking more Forrest Whitaker in the Robin Williams role for the uh, Good Morning Vietnam. <laughs> so, you guys, okay, you guys were not fans. Do you have uh, any any points you want to make about the the original uh, before we move on to the remake? Uh. I don't think so. I, I I don't want to say I hated it. I I enjoy watching. I mean, I own the Blu-ray. I have for a while, and I. I I do watch it from time to time, but I watch it from a you know historical perspective, uh, uh, um, you know, s- seeing these guys. But story-wise, plot-wise, script-wise, it doesn't really work. And I think part of, I, I think I enjoy it more knowing. Do uh, you guys know the story of of basically how it was filmed? No, I know nothing guys. about it. These yes. guys were were performing in these Vegas casinos. You know, they had their show. The the uh, they uh, at the Sands Lounge. That and was, the whole Rat Pack was was there. Yeah, I mean they'd come and go, but you know the the Sammy and and Frank were basically the and, and Dean were basically the linchpin, and the other guys would come and go as they as they did. But they would perform, you know, at night, go out drinking, partying, and they'd film in the mornings, like in mornings into early afternoons. Like the sets were already they 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 have the sets ready. They'd, they'd be pre lit. And these guys would come strolling in after a night of performing and drinking. They'd shoot these scenes, which were a lot of them were kind of improvised, you know, very loosely scripted. And they'd shoot until like, you know, noon or one. And then they'd go home and go to sleep and repeat the whole process. And that's where the that end scene where they're walking away from the funeral home and it shows the 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 casino uh, placard with uh, Frank Sinatra, St. Anne's Jr. and Dean Martin's name on it because that was an actual... That's what was going on. It wasn't like they changed that just for the movie. Oh no, shit! Yeah. Well, that's that's pretty awesome. And I was wondering, you'll know, David, what was Vegas like at that point? Is it how early in its history was it? It was was this like an advertisement for for men to go there? This movie. In what sense? Like, was it was it already really popular as a spot for people to go, or is this did this bring it out into the national? 
national by the, level. By this point, it was it was pretty popular. I mean, it, it had okay. become in in basically the forties into the fifties. It was the the heyday of the early days of of Las Vegas. So by this point, it was known as you know a men's destination. Okay, so this that was already settled. Yeah, yeah. Now it was there was. There wasn't as many cameos as I expected. I, there, I think Red Skeleton and Shirley MacLaine were the only ones in there. I thought there'd be more. Wait, was just, that Shirley MacLaine? I didn't even. I couldn't yeah. tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so apparently, she improved her line. It was it was from a Dean Martin's. It's like one of Dean Martin's famous lines, but she made it up. I mean, she didn't make it up, but she took it from him. She was cute as a button in those days. And yeah, good at playing a drunk too. Yeah, playing. We assume. <laughs> we assume. Yes. Uh, yeah, and Red Skelton, I looked him up. It said uh, his IMDb listing in the movie is just Gambler, but I swear to God, the guy called him Mr. Skelton. In yeah, the, I think he was playing himself. Okay, yeah. yeah. It's kind of funny that he was playing a, a, such an asshole version of himself. I wonder if he was like that in real life, but... Well, they kind of, they kind of did you that. You know who I am? <laughs> they did that in the remake, too, with people playing kind of asshole versions of themselves. That's true. Um, yeah. So I guess that was kind of a, a throwback. Um, but... George Raft was also in it briefly, uh, kind of a cameo. I think he played one of the casino owners. Um, and you, you guys know who he is, right? The, nope. the old actor, George, George Raft? No. He was uh, like in the, I think, 30s or 40s, maybe up to like the 50s. He was, he was a pretty big actor. And he was, unless I got it wrong, was he the actor who would turn down parts that Humphrey Bogart would take and become stars? Like, yes. Yeah, okay. Oh, no Bad shit. choices. Yeah. And he was also good friends with Bugsy Siegel in real life. So uh, there's another another kind of Vegas reference. Well, we we I didn't mention uh, in a very small role in this, but probably the finest actor of any generation. One of you has to know who I'm talking about. Norman Fowl. Of mm-hmm. course. Mm-hmm. Look, Three's Company was obviously an utter uh, pile of dung, but every time Mr. Roper insulted Helen and then turned to the camera with that stupid smile. I, I lost my shit, and I bet I would today if I saw it. He also played the landlord in The Graduate. He, he specialized in playing landlords. Oh, no shit. Yeah. I haven't seen The Graduate forever. I didn't, I didn't remember him in it. Yeah, yep. Yep. So that's reason enough for me. Uh, Angie Dickinson over Julia Roberts and, and the presence of Norman Fell. Um, and Cesar Romero too. I mean, it was a, it was a uh, great. Cesar cast. Romero was pretty good. In he was good in this. Too. I thought he did a really good job. Yeah. Um, the Rat Pack, you know, not so much, but you know. Now, Cesar Romero was he a big star before this? Like in the forties, was he like a a leading man kind of guy? I I only know him as Batman. I mean, the Joker from Batman. Uh, yeah. So, do you guys know if he was in other stuff? I know he. I remember reading that he was in something with Lucille Ball real early in his career. But other than that, I don't really know anything about him. Nope, I don't either. Aside from okay. Batman. Well, he was in. Um, oh God, his name is escaping me. Uh, he was in that Orson Welles film, A Touch of Evil, right? Oh ah, no, uh, shit! Yeah. That's a. We should do that movie sometime. I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on that, David. Sure. I just remember that opening tracking shot is that what you call it oh yeah but it's yeah. fucking crazy even today mm-hmm. but so, it wasn't a part of the movie when it went to theaters it didn't get they edited it out yeah the studio took the film away from orson wells and oh you know what i'm wrong it was charlton teston oh you're oh, right. right see another Completely incidence wrong. of right yep. of a white guy playing a minority yep yep yeah you're right exactly all right well i guess we're done with the uh 
with the original then. All right. Um, so we can uh, we'll we'll take a break, Pat. Okay. All right. Let's take a quick break, guys. Okay. We had a comrade, a brave comrade. He could talk for whole days. But then he tried to be a hero. Tried talking about Shamiro to computers wearing earphones. Oh. He almost died for conversation, hallucinations, good vibrations. Van Dyke Park's great racing, steeple chasing. All right, we're back. Um, and Now we can go through John's bile towards the new movie. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily have bile. Uh, I just, I just like I said, in some ways, I, I thought the other one was better. But uh, I, I, I'd rather hear David's thoughts on, uh, on why he thought uh, this was a good remake. Well, again, like, I, mean, like I said, I, I don't think the original is all that great. Of a, I think it's a fun film. I think it's, it's fun to watch because of the style and the, the, you know, it's very much of the period and the guys, but I, I don't think it's a great movie. I don't think the heist itself was all that interesting. I mean, it was basically, let's turn the electricity off. I mean, there was, you know, a little bit more than that, but it, not a whole lot more How than much? that. How much? No. Um, and what I like in a heist film, I mean, like, you know, you take a great heist film like Rafifi or, you know, is that kind of the planning and the really clever, almost, almost puzzle aspect of a heist is what really appeals to me in a heist film. Yes. And I thought, I like, go ahead. I thought the I new like one just in, did that a lot better. Pat? I like when a heist film, at, when they explain how everything happened and you're like, oh my God, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the original didn't have that. Yeah. And, and I don't want to, when I chose these two movies, I didn't think either of them was, was high art. So in saying that I'm not as crazy about the original, I'm not saying I think the, the remake is perfect. As we, you know, we've already discussed already, before even getting into it, we've discussed some flaws with it. But I think the new one is a lot more fun. I think it's a lot better paced. I think... Uh, Definitely better paced, yeah. I think the music is better. I think the soundtrack is, 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 is terrific. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, thank God Matt Damon doesn't burst into song about EO11 or whatever the hell Sammy Davis Jr. song <laughs> Well, it would actually be uh, what's his name? Not not. Uh, yeah, oh, right. Cheadle, it would be Cheadle should have been singing, yeah. singing that song in his his uh, not not, be, not because he's black, but because he's the demolitions guy. Uh, right. I was because he's black. Yeah. Well, that that too. Well, let's... and if you want to talk weaknesses of this movie, you have to start with Don Cheadle. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, it's it's a pretty miserable accent. Apparently, it was a, it was originally written to be Cockney, and then they changed their minds. And then I guess he talked them back into it. Oh, that was <laughs> a bad move, Cheetle. Yeah, it's it's a pretty miserable, miserable accent. Well, I when, will say this: it's not as bad as I remember it being because I remember watching the movie and thinking this is the worst thing ever. Because usually I knew it was going to be on the screen soon. I was like, oh yes, Don Cheetle's so awesome. I love Don Cheetle. And then this terrible accent comes out of his mouth, and I was like, oh no. I totally, I, I totally no, agree, it, Pat. I when I watch no, it this time. Sense. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, no, when I watched it this time, I when I'd seen it in theaters, I remember thinking that that's like worse than Dick Van Dyke in Mary Poppins. Um, 
it wasn't quite that bad and and it was still bad but it wasn't it wasn't that bad but uh i i also noticed i think a lot of the fault too with the Cheadle character was the writing like they put ever every british cliche into <laughs> his dialogue that the it was almost like somebody who never actually met a british person or been to england uh, that's how they think british people talk i uh i'm not going to name drop cuz i'm not going to say the name but i i i Worked on a film. I made a film many years ago, and I, uh, there was an actor. One of the lead actors was somebody fairly well known, and he was playing the bad guy. And you know, as we're getting ready to film, he calls me into his trailer and asks me, "What would you think about me doing with this with a British accent?" And he gave me a piece of his British accent, and it was okay, but I, I had a. I, I think I made the right decision in 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 saying no. Because it, it, it just never – there's something about actors who want to be British because it, there's like, they want that, that touch of like class and evil. Yeah. And it just – it never really works. Well, and I know who you're talking about, and without even having heard his British accent, I think he made the right choice. Yeah. Yeah. Was it John Goodman? I wish. Because if it was, you made a bad choice. I wish it was John Goodman. perfect. King Ralph. <laughs> yeah. No, it wasn't uh, – it, it was – yeah, Don Cheadle's character, let's say, was the was the weak link of this. Yeah, yeah. I think he did he did fine, except for you know, I mean, the accent was was spotty, but um, he's he's a good actor. It's just mm-hmm. there's not a lot he could have done with that. By and large, I think the acting is very very tight in in the remake. Well, I think by and large, actors are just better now. Um, I don't, I don't know what your what your take on that is, but I mean, I don't know if it's it's because of you know. Uh, Brando and method acting and and whatever, but um, it, absolutely, it, it it comes from. I mean, a lot of the the early actors were coming from stage, where you you kind of had to be a little a little bit bigger, right? And, and it it took some adjusting to to get to to screen acting. Yeah, I mean, it took quite a, quite a while, um, you know, decades, I think, before they they really got it down. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and I, I you mentioned the cinematography in the first movie. I thought the cin- cinematography in this is is terrific, and the editing. I think I, it looks really, really good. It's beautiful. That first shot, that opening shot of, of Clooney in the in the parole office, it's just lit so beautifully. Where his, you know, both sides of his his face are just kind of have this rim of light around them. It's I think it's just gorgeous. There's another another shot in it that's similar to that with Matt Damon, where he's the only the light is all on him, and behind him it's all dark. Really neat, really neat looking. And then there's the the fades, the silly fades that work really well in a silly movie like this. Look, when the elevator elevator door closes, they go into a new scene, yeah. following mm-hmm. the elevator. It's it works really well, and it it makes it into more of a watchable movie because you're having he's having fun directing. It, it seems like exactly, yeah. What? Well, oh, sorry. I was going to say uh, not to bring up the, the sequels, but I don't think he got that in the sequels. Is, is I think the main problems with them is is you didn't get that sense of fun that. Uh, you got with this one of of his directing yeah and i mean soderbergh is is a great director i don't think anybody can accuse him of not having a good eye or or uh you know being a being good at well he he doesn't do the editing on his own films i guess right but uh, i don't don't think so he does cinematography but i don't think he does the editing yeah but i mean his all his all his stuff looks good even the stuff he did on like digital video uh looks good he's definitely got a uh, filmmaker's eye um, the yeah the pacing obviously is is about a million times better 
than than the original. But also, it, it's a little bit of that, you know, the the new MTV style quick cut stuff that drives me a little nuts after a while. Fair enough, I can understand that. But it does it does move along. I mean, and and it's you know. The whole the whole movie's got a sense of motion, forward motion to it, which I appreciate. And I think that's one of the reasons it, it, it attracts me is is that, and you know, the the dialogue I think is really snappy and keeps everything moving forward. It does. I, I don't. I don't know. Um, I find George Clooney a little annoying in this, just because he's so smooth and suave, and <laughs> like we get it, man. I mean. <laughs> You you are good at putting that across, but it's it's almost an unrealistic you know it's like a, a cartoon uh, version of a person more than a real person in a lot of ways. There's one thing about the story that is and is in a lot of these kind of heister, you know, tricky character movies that I both love and hate when they the part of their plan depends on the other guy doing something. So part of the plan depended on George Clooney being put into a room by uh, uh, Benedict. And, you know, how can you plan for that? But yeah. it's really cool that it works out, so it makes the movie fun. Right. Well, yeah, there's a lot of that. And the, there's, you know, he, he kicks the chip over to the uh, security guard. Uh, yeah, yeah. And and it's, he doesn't know for sure that the guy is going to go get it so that they can bust into the room. But, yeah, I mean, that the, the whole movie's preposterous if you start looking at that kind of shit. I mean... Yeah, there's some really logical inconsistencies, like... Going back to uh, the Don Cheadle thing, where they're they're going through the the, the you know the list of of you know hey we got to get this guy we got to get this guy and he goes you know we got to get the, the Cheadle character we got to get Basher he goes oh there's gonna be a problem with that <laughs> and then they cut to him he's getting arrested but if that's happening simultaneously how would how do they know how do right. they know <laughs> that there's gonna be a problem yeah exactly and I mean well I mean logic. If you're looking for logic in this movie, you're it's a fool's errand because exactly it is kind of a live action cartoon. I mean, it's yeah. If you if you really think about it, it would probably have cost them as much as they were stealing to pull this thing off to get a SWAT car and and everything they need to do to do this. Well, that's what Elliot Gould was for. Yeah, and somebody I was reading somebody did the math because because at the end. Somebody mentions about a car. He says, you know, you just stole, I forget the number. You're, you know, you just made $15 million and that you're driving around on this piece of shit. And somebody did the math and figured out, okay, if each person's cut was $15 million, they said it was a, an even split. And we know that they mentioned earlier how, exactly how much money they're stealing. They were able to go back and figure out, not that this took trigonometry or anything, but for me, it might as well have. But they <laughs> figured out that Elliot Gould would have had to have put in, I think, $30 million. I, well, I don't know. I didn't, the, the IMDb, I read the same thing. It said $20 million. Could have been, yeah. But, I mean, that's, that is a fun little exercise they did to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah, well, at, well, but, of course, you know, Elliot Gould was happy to put up the money because it was getting back at this guy who had uh, ruined his casino and blah, blah, blah. So, but, and I, that, that was one of my problems with the whole thing was that Clooney's getting back at Andy Garcia because uh, – he stole his wife, and but you really didn't. I mean, the, but clearly by that time they weren't dating, so it's not like right. And, but that's the the thing where like you're you're just supposed to root for these guys because they're doing they're stealing all this money for you know for the right reasons, I guess, rather than just pure. Well, greed. no, George Clooney is the only one that's stealing it for the right reasons. That's Everyone true. else just wants the money. What, that, in fact, that is true. That, uh, Brad Pitt and Matt Damon get mad, or at least pretend to get mad at him for the whole thing. No, that's true, but I. That's something I, I don't think they needed the added element of the uh, the revenge. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little, it's a little Hollywoody, uh, to my way of thinking, because who, I mean, really it's, among us, who, who would not root for somebody ripping off a casino? As far as, yeah. as far as us schmoes are concerned, that's a victimless that's all you crime. Need. Yeah. 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 Uh, Carl Ronner is very good, but I was reading that Don Rickles was originally thought for that part. And I think I would have preferred Don Rickles. That would have been great. Not what? just because Don Rickles is awesome, but he also has that whole Vegas connection, Rat Pack connection. Well, mm-hmm. he he was in Casino. Um, yeah, and he was very good in Casino. Yeah, yeah. So maybe they just they just wanted to go a different way because of that. Um, he didn't want to get typecast as a casino person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's terrible to get typecast at ninety five when you're a hundred. Yeah. 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 Um, Ask Betty White. The the. Uh, opening scene you know the the kind of meta thing with uh, brad pitt teaching a bunch of young hollywood stars how to play poker um mm. they you know that's that's also become kind of a major thing in in movies and tv and it, it always uh i don't know it's it's like stunt casting and and it kind of that kind of annoys me a little bit too because i'm i'm more like let's just focus on the story but i mean i get why they do it i guess i'm easily annoyed <laughs> is my point mm-hmm that was just kind of there for me. I didn't care either way. Yeah, I mean, it was fact, kind of a, Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say, it was kind of an inconsequential scene. I think it was... To me, it was just to show that the Brad Pitt character, had his life had just come to this. Yeah, yeah. And, and aside from Topher Grace, I don't think I noticed or recognized any of the other, at that time, famous actors. Oh, really? Yeah, it was, it was, I think, Shane West. Um, Joshua J- J- Josh Jackson. Jackson. And uh, the chick from uh, Picket Fences, whose name I can't think of right now, yeah. and Charmed. I had, yeah, I had, I had to look them up. I didn't. Are, are they still doing work? I don't really recognize them from stuff around now. Joshua I mean, Jackson was on Fringe. The one dude was on. Uh, oh, okay. Veronica Mars. He was. Huh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Shane West. I'm pretty sure that was Shane West in yeah. that scene. He's uh he's actually in a. He's in a new show now that's filming now called Salem that a friend of mine is in. And she says he's a very nice person. Oh, that's nice. So there you go. Salem. So that's about uh, cigarettes, I assume. Yes, yes. Oh, that should be a good show. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, well, like I said, the it, it was it's a totally preposterous movie, but it's just meant to be fun. Like you, you're not supposed to think about it too heavily, obviously. Yeah, it's definitely a, a, a you know remove your brain and just enjoy kind of film, which can be annoying. But you know, I, to me, I, I think this film works. I've seen this film many times, and I would never argue that it's high art or a, a great film. But it's well made, it's well acted, it's well scripted. It, it's pacing's tight, and it's just it's just a fun film. And again, it's a heist film set in Vegas, so I'm so <laughs> you're all about it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, I thought Julia Roberts' character, as you as you mentioned earlier, um, there's really not anything there, and and she she read the lines as kind of a hard ass, and but it it didn't work for me, and I think that might be more a problem with the uh, writing of the character than the acting. I mean, there really was not a lot for her to bring to that role. Yeah, and um, she changed her mind. I think she was changing her mind before she saw the video, and that was a little didn't make sense with how the character was written before that. Yeah, and I I didn't really get well. Like I said, this is another thing. It's it's just bad characterization, I think. But there was nothing to lead me to believe that all these guys would be fighting over her, um, because she seemed to be kind of a cipher. She had no real strong personality that I could see. She liked art. She was arty. 
Oh, there you go. That, there so you go. It's a, it's a surface thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. And she's she's considered considered attractive. <laughs> That's a very nice way to put that. <laughs> now, how about the which version of Vegas would you rather live in the the original Ocean's Eleven Vegas or the the more flashy high roller uh, Vegas in the remake? Personally, I, I think I would want to go back to the old Vegas. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of like something about, I mean, the guy, it's still populated by douchebags largely, but but it's a different type of douchebag. You know, it's the three martini lunch douchebag and cheating on your wife rather than the Jersey Shore <laughs> idiots who are there now. Yeah, what? it's just, it is interesting how different everything looks. There's something romantic about it, although, like I said earlier, it was extremely racist, which, you know, we can look back on it as a romantic thing, but going back there, it probably would not have been as, I mean, I guess, you know, for us three, you know, basically white guys, it, it would have been fine. It well, would have been fine. Now, how was it racist? If you if you were black going to the casinos, you weren't welcome? Is it Was it that racist or yeah, just you, in you living could, there? You could, no, you could, literally could not go into the casinos if you were black. Wow. I when mean, did that change? Um, early, f- uh, l- late 50s, early 60s, I think. Pretty late Jeez. on. There was, um, I mean, it was an unspoken thing that, you know, none of the casinos would let black people in. You know, the performers would come in. Sammy Davis Jr. would come in and, you know, some of these other performers. They'd come into the casino and perform, but they weren't allowed to stay there. Oh, right. I did read that. That is so crazy. Jesus. There was a casino that opened up that was integrated called the Moulin Rouge. And it opened up in, in the, I think, the early 50s. And it became the hot place because they let everybody in. They had all the best performers. Of course. And it was taking away all the business from the other casino owners. And one night it just burned down. Oh, that's, that's a shame. That, you know, wiring sometimes is bad. Yeah. yeah you, I mean, things do. happen, you know, just randomly. Yeah. Without any connection to anything else in the culture going on. Yeah. But I think eventually there was a, a walkout, and the, the, you know they uh, they demanded, and eventually the casino owners, owners gave in. I think, but it happened much later there than it did in lots of parts of the country. Uh, yeah, that's that's not great. Um, but but I still, I mean, I still get the what you're talking about with the sense of romance, um, and I, I think I would have preferred that time. What about you, Pat? I don't know. I just I just thinking about. It, I found it interesting that. You, I don't know how it was in the '60s, but it's it's how high rollers were really taken care of in, in modern times. How did they? How were they treated back then? Was it the same deal where they got their own rooms and like everything comped? Is that a modern thing or is that more in olden times? It was probably actually more in the olden times. Okay, Com- comps were much easier to get in the older olden times than they are now. Well, even, I mean, you don't even have to go that far back. I think in our lifetime, David, like <laughs> I would say '80s and '90s, comps were easier to get. You could go there and and eat. A meal for three bucks, a nice meal. Yep, and uh, that's not the way it is now. No, it's, I just—I corporate... didn't know the comps started that early. I didn't know they were—they were doing that in the '60s. I thought that oh, maybe yeah. was okay. So it was always yep. like that. Yep. And just treating the like in this movie, they showed how—I mean, that—that that was part of their heist that they, the ownership of a casino, would treat a high roller really, really well, like mm-hmm. even using their safe. And I, I don't know. It didn't seem to come across that way in the '60s movie, but that wasn't really a part of their story. So yeah, exactly. I, uh, although the look, I, I mean, some of the looks of the inside of, of the casinos was really neat and interesting, but then other rooms, they were, there was like wood paneling and it looked, just looked dated cheap. and not in a good way and cheap. Yeah. Yeah. 
I did where I wonder if the casino floor they didn't bother working that hard on it and there was other other cuz people were just there to gamble in other areas they they did put more work into making it look nice. Well, it def yeah, I I don't know. Um But you saw you guys saw what I was talking I'm talking about with Oh that, yeah, totally. What, yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. Not crazy. No. Well, maybe, but <laughs> not because well, of that. Trust, I was trusting your guys' word. I had people to take that to. Yeah, I. Uh, it's weird for me to go to Vegas now because it, it seems like half the people there are like, I don't know, reality show contestants or, or like real world people. Well, let me ask you, where do you go when you go to Vegas? Go uh, on the Strip? It, it, yeah, yeah. Usually on the Strip. I, you know, we got we got some free rooms at the uh, Venetian. So I've stayed there, and yeah, mostly the big ones on the Strip. Nick, next time you go, stay downtown. Really? It's, it's it's a whole different experience, and downtown has really gotten cool these last couple of years. No shit. I, yeah, it gets a little depressing to me um, because a lot of people see. I mean, you can see the kind of the desperation and the the really down on their luck people, but then they're mixed in with these golden gods and stuff mm -hmm. on the Strip. Um, What's what's down? I don't even know where downtown is. It's off the strip or further down the strip, or you just you take the 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 strip basically Las Vegas Boulevard. You just take it north, and eventually you'll hit you'll hit downtown. Is Fremont Street downtown? Yeah, that's that, 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 that's okay. basically it. Yeah, I think we went there, John, when we were there. That With, Fremont Street area where it was all like a little. I vaguely recall, but I, I don't. Uh, I didn't get a sense of the place, I guess. Mm -hmm. from and yeah. Even since then, it's it's changed a lot. There's some some great new properties there, and they've put a lot of work into it. And and not they they haven't. What's really cool is they haven't been trying to making it the strip. They're not trying to compete directly with the strip. They've it's kind of has its own vibe, and it it more captures the kind of the old the old school Vegas. Oh, that's great. Are yeah. you able? You used to be able to go to Vegas and pay for your trip with with blackjack. Is that still possible for you? Mm -hmm. Me personally? Yeah. No. 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 No, blackjack's not good anymore. Yeah, I paid I paid for my trip with craps once, but uh that's that's another one that it's, you know, really up and down. Yeah. Well, as they make a point of saying in both movies, the house always wins. Exactly. And they always will. So Unless... David, what oh go ahead, sorry. No, uh, go ahead. What would what would be your top ten Vegas movies? Casino. Yep. I would probably put Ocean's Eleven, the remake. Actually, I'd probably put both of them in there somewhere. Let's see. What other casinos? Um, you know, you guys might, uh, might laugh, and I, I love The Hangover. And again, it might just be because it's, it's Vegas, but it makes me laugh. Yeah, I love The Hangover. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of figured I was going to get an F from you. And the thing is, it's normally it's not my type of humor, that kind of slapsticky big humor. I normally hate that. But there's, I think it's also because it's a beautifully shot film. They didn't shoot it like a comedy. No, it's it's, it's shot more like an action movie. It's real big. Yeah, it's big. It's beautiful, and it's it's funny. I think it's a and it shows off the city really well. I think. And I think I, it might not have been as good without Zach Galifianakis. He really brought a lot of humor out that wasn't. If it was just. Uh, What's his name? <clears throat> guy from guy from the office. He's more of the slapstick stuff, but Galifianakis has more of the absurd humor. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. What do you guys think? Is any 
Vegas. I know. The only other one I can even think of is Leaving Las Vegas, which I would I, never watch again in my life. I didn't. I disliked that movie. I just I, I just thought you had a list, Dave. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. Oh, well, I, I, I like Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, but I think I'm the only person on the planet who likes that movie. I enjoyed it. It's been a long time since I've seen it. I'm a I'm just a big Terry Gilliam fan anyway, so. Mm-hmm. I don't think I ever saw it. Diablo Cody's new movie takes place in Vegas. It's not very good. Well, I knew that when you said Diablo Cody. <laughs> Granted. Oh, man, look at you're killing your career here, David. You should, you should never come on this podcast. Damn it. Wait, what What career? <laughs> well, you, you never know who you're going to run into at uh, Cantor's. That's true. Oh, uh, another, uh, do you guys remember Go? Oh, I loved Go, actually. That was a very fun movie with some great sequences in Vegas. Did you oh, see that, Pat? Yeah, Go was great, and uh, Swingers was good, too. Yes. Some, oh yeah, Swinger, of course. And Swinger, yeah. Swingers did not make Vegas look very good, but it had no. had some places, some stops in Vegas because that's directed by the same guy going Swingers. Pretty sure that was the, the Vegas, the casino f- scenes there. I'm pretty sure that was filmed at the Riviera, which is part of the reason why it seems so depressing. <laughs> well, I think that was that was right at the beginning of them allowing casinos allowing film crews to film inside the casinos. And I think they had a, did they have a hard time getting, you know, getting into the casinos for swingers? I don't know for a fact, but that would, that would make sense. I, I thought I'd, I'd heard that. And so that they were, they were kind of stuck with the one casino that would let them in. Have you guys have heard the, about the story about the guy who filmed an entire movie at Disney world or Disneyland? Yeah. Without permission. Yeah. I, I heard it. I heard it's not a very good movie, but it's, it's interesting. Oh, okay. That he got away with it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I think, I think more interesting probably would be a documentary about him doing it. Hmm, it's a great idea. Probably a little late, but <laughs> yeah. we can do a retroactive documentary. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> actually, ask Disney for help. Just, <laughs> Just go to go to PBS. You ever watch their shows and they do recreations of uh, you know the 13th century and shit? Oh They're, yeah, it's always really stunning, stunningly well done. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think, I think, uh, this, this Ocean's Eleven, the remake, um, it's definitely the kind of movie I have to be in the mood for. Like, I, I'm generally, like I said to Pat, I think when people say they just want to watch something where they don't have to think, I've, I don't think that most people's problem is that they're thinking too much. Um, and, and so I, and I'm the same way, like when I want to watch something, I'm, I'm like, maybe, maybe something foreign or something that might actually be edifying or just at least beautiful you know um Mm -hmm. well to me this is this is a movie that is it's again i don't want to play it up and make it sound like i'm building up more than than it is i i I admit what it is but it's kind of a comfort movie for me whereas i can just have it playing in the background while i'm doing other stuff and just you know looking over at a scene that's that i like or hearing a piece of dialogue that's that's interesting to me Oh, you know what I, for sure. I mean, I don't mean I didn't mean to sound too high-minded, but I've watched Groundhog Day probably five hundred times, so uh, I totally understand that the the comfort movie idea. Mm-hmm. Pat, do you? <laughs> yes, and I and I can see this as being a comfort movie because it's so so easily digestible. So so many great things about it. It is so, very yeah. easily digestible. That's a good way to put it. Good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know who did the soundtrack, but it's it is excellent. You mentioned that before, and yeah. Oh no, shit! I didn't even notice the soundtrack, to be honest. 
Yeah, it's that kind of like jazzy, jazzy. almost period music, you know, kind of the almost the bachelor jazzy feel to it. I, I'm not sure who did it either, but I really enjoy it. And I think at this point you can call that, I don't know if it was before that, but at this point, if that music is in a movie, it's probably a heist movie. It's setting things up. Yeah, it's definitely become almost a cliche. Because there's an episode of The Simpsons recently where they use similar music to set up their heist. Their heist was writing a children's book, but they had the, the same kind of music going on while they set things up. Mm. It's weird. The heist movies are kind of like westerns, and I mean, they've kind of fallen out of fashion in Hollywood, huh? I'm, I'm trying to rack my brain thinking of a modern heist movie other than the remake of Ocean's Eleven, and it's kind of hard. Yeah, there really haven't been any lately, have there? They, but Ben Stiller made that movie. Oh, that, uh, that was terrible. The... Tower, Tower Heist, yeah, that was pretty awful. Yeah. Not much of a not much of a heist. More of a dumb comedy with a heist as a subplot. Yeah. But it, almost. Seeing Ocean's Eleven, I did not know who uh, Ben Affleck's brother was before. And now seeing this, I know. Oh, yeah. Oh, you didn't know Casey Affleck? No, I, I knew of him, but I've never seen him in a movie. Oh, yeah, he, he does a like, lot of indie stuff, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Have you but seen I, Gone Baby Gone? No. It's, it's a good it, film. It is a good film. A, is that the Clint Eastwood-directed movie with the... No, no that's that's Million Dollar Baby. Yeah, no. Oh, okay. Ben Affleck is, did Gone Baby Gone. Oh, and it's, I don't know how I missed that. And it's the chick from The Wire, who you won't know because you haven't seen it still, Pat, but uh, she was Holly on The Office as well. Oh, she's in that? Oh, that's interesting. And it's based on a book by the novelist Dennis Lehane. Oh, who's who awesome. Also worked for The Wire. For, for The Wire. The wire. Yep. Did he? Yeah. He, was, oh, he, was actually, he, had a, he had a cameo in The Wire, too. That is cool. He's, he, I have not seen any of the movies based on his books, but his books are terrific. Yeah. You, you've never seen Mr. River? No. Hmm? I, I haven't either, actually. I've seen bits and pieces. I think I saw like the very beginning and the very end. So I never, the book is good. Yeah, yeah. I never really... He's, Sonny reason to watch the whole thing. He's a he's a great writer. He's one of my favorites. Yeah, I just got a uh, well, not just because I think it's been published now, but I got like an advanced reader's copy of his latest book and read it really quick. Yeah, he's good. La di da. Oh, th- that reminds me. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what your standing is, David. If you can do it, but uh, I think Pat. We need to, or David, you might know somebody. We need to get uh, screeners for these uh, best picture movies <laughs> and do a do an Oscar episode on the best pictures. That would be awesome. I don't yeah, know I, if it's. I used to get them. Did you? I used How? to get them for the Writers Guild. I used to get them, but I haven't in a, a long time because I owe them. I, I owe my guild money, so they stopped sending me the free DVDs. <laughs> That's a union for you. <laughs> They're they're right behind your back when you don't owe them money. Exactly. Well, to be fair, I should probably pay them the money I owe. Them, so <laughs> I, I can't really, uh, I, I can't really get too mad at them. Man, look are at you. you. A, once you're a member, are you a member for life as long as you keep your dues up? Yeah, and as long as you don't uh, give away any of the secrets okay, of the guild. Like what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, handshakes and you know ceremonies. When we end the show, you can tell us all the secrets, but we won't let anyone know. Nobody's listening anyway, Pat. Well, maybe David will they tell They are his now after and... my sports start. Everybody's listening. They're w- waiting for us to talk about the NFL. I'll tell you and... what. I'll, t- I'll tell you one of our secrets after the show is done. Yes. <laughs> well, uh, should, we, uh, should we do recommendations? Do you have a recommendation, David? 
I do. You asked me to come up with one. So okay. Well, hopefully we don't have the same one because uh, you already mentioned mine, David, which is Rafifi, which uh, oh, since we were watching heist movies made me think about, which I think is probably, well, it's my favorite heist movie. And, mine, uh, mine as well. Just recently uh, released on Blu-ray by Criterion Collection. Mm-hmm. And uh, everybody should watch it. The, uh, the actual heist scene is almost without dialogue. It might be completely without dialogue, and it's about 30 minutes, but it's very intense. And uh, I don't think there's any music during it either. Yeah, there? I think it's just silence and, yeah. and them doing it. It's super intense and uh, a great movie. Uh, Jules Dawson, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Um, I think he was blacklisted in Hollywood, and, and uh, he's a French director when, and uh, made this, and it's, it's a... Well, it's got a French film ending uh, that you would think, but it, but it's great. Um, excellent heist movie. I highly recommend it. Uh, Pat? Uh, my recommendation this week is nothing to do with heists. It's just a book I read recently called Love Minus 80. It's a science fiction book about a future where you, if, you, if you're rich, you can get a dead woman from a chirogenic chiro, chiro, K- dating farm. And it's, hmm. it touches on a lot of social themes, and it's well-written and uh, really good. Who's the, who's the author? Will McIntosh. Not familiar. That sounds interesting. A cryogenic yeah. dating farm, isn't that just uh, an old folks' home? <laughs> but on bump. Uh, David. <laughs> uh, I also chose a book that has nothing to do with heists, but it does tie in with our topic today. It's about Vegas. Uh, it's a book called Grandissimo. Uh, subtitled The First Emperor of Las Vegas, and f- recently finished it. It's by a guy named David G. Schwartz. And it's about Jay Sarno, who is sadly not really remembered much today, but he was one of the original Las Vegas casino moguls. Uh, he started Caesar's Palace was his, uh, Circus Circus was his. Those were his two big casinos. And he was really just this incredible bigger-than-life guy who was a gambling addict, and he was a complete womanizer, but he really had a lot to do with making Vegas what it is today. You know, before he came along, it, 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 Vegas didn't really have the, you know, casinos would have like, you know, names, you know, like the old, the old frontier and, you know, it'd be all the Western theme. But that's where the theme would end. It would just be, you know, it was just a name and a sign. He really took it and made it a complete package. You know, he made Caesar's Palace, you know, Caesar's Palace. And Vegas would not be what it is today if it wasn't for him. And he's just a, an interesting person, and it's it's a biography. It's and well written. It's really well written. It's um, it's uh, reads kind of like a novel, which I always like in biographies. You know, it doesn't read neat. like a like a textbook. It's it's just a good story. And you know, particularly like he he became friends with Evil Knievel, which I didn't know, and it was a really <laughs> it's a fa- because you know awesome. Evil Knievel jumped the 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 statues or the um. The fountains outside Caesar's Palace is when he became famous, uh, Evil Knievel. And it's, you know, it, it tells the story of how he, he got that deal where, you know, Evil Knievel was not known at the time. And he, you know, he starts, he's trying to call this Jay Sarno guy who was very famous at the time for owning Caesar's Palace. And he would call him up and, you know, Sarno was like, I don't know who this guy is. I don't want to talk to him. And he'd hang up. And, you know, eventually uh, uh, Knievel's, manager started calling up Sarno and bugging him and he kept calling him and he wouldn't take his calls. Eventually, you know, he told his assistant to stop accepting the manager's calls. So his agent started calling up and, you know, all these people started calling up, you know, for Knievel. And finally, Sarno gave in and it's like, all right, well, let's take a look. And he saw some video and he agreed to have him do it. And, you know, they set this whole thing up and somewhere down the line, they became friends. 
And Knievel confessed to him that I don't have an agent and a manager. Those were all me doing voices. <laughs> and Sarno, instead of being mad, was like, I like you. You're, you're a man after my own heart. Uh, but the book is filled with stories like that. And it's just, it's, it's fun seeing, again, the early period of, of Vegas. You know, it's a little bit past the, the period of, you know, what we saw, just, you know, a couple of years past. But it's, it's, it's an it's a interesting story. That's my recommendation. Grandissimo by David G. Schwartz. It was was uh, just Jay Sarno mob related, or was he a business, just a businessman? Or is he, he well, he he himself was not directly mob related, but he, the the both casinos were funded by with via uh, Teamster loans, so the mob does come into it quite a bit. Okay. Well, how it, the mob comes into everything at that point in Vegas history, right? Like, there's no he, way around that. Yeah, you couldn't escape it. Well, cool. Um, I think Caesar's Palace is the first casino I ever went to. I was like 11 or 12, and I wasn't allowed even on the floor of the where the slot machines were, but it was allowed into the hotel and the, like next to the casino. And there's this guy dressed up as Caesar in the in the robes and weird hair, and it stuck with me. It made me want to go back to casinos. So, yeah, good job. Good job, Jake. It's like the Catholic Church. Uh, give them the meat till the age of nine, and I'll have them for life. <laughs> I wouldn't know. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to be culturally insensitive, David. Well, that's all right. Well, yeah, I mean, there's no getting out of being Jewish. You can say I'm not really Jewish, but... Yeah, that's true. If I your mean, mom's Jewish, you're Jewish, right? Yeah. Like, they, they don't care. You can yeah, say the, whatever you want. The fact that I don't believe in God doesn't seem to bother them. <laughs> I still can't give give my membership card back. <laughs> At least you don't have to pay them dues. That's true. I, they don't send me the DVD screen either. That's so. true. Yeah. Yeah, maybe you should become Orthodox. They they actually send me a DVD screen DVD screener Biental every year, but it doesn't really <laughs> fiddler on the roof. Yeah, the two Jewish movies. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know Fiddler on the Roof had anything to do with Jewish people. Oh, yeah, maybe I'm confusing it with something else. Dracula, that's what I was thinking mm -hmm. of. Jews drink blood, right? Mm -hmm. Only of babies. Right, right. Well, I think that's a good note to end on, everybody. Um, thanks, David, for coming on. It was it was yeah, really it was fun. a lot of fun. Thank yeah. you. Thanks for thanks for inviting me. Yeah, we want to have you back. Um, sure. So uh, as soon as you get us those screeners, uh, we'll we'll have you back. <laughs> no, I'm okay. Just once we go off the air and we learn the secret, then we'll have you back. Yeah, that's okay. true. But you got you can't tell anybody the secret. Of course not. I, I don't want to turn into next week's show and, and have you be blabbing it. We don't we don't have friends, David. So it's it's really not an issue. And I won't put it on my new Tumblr, djsecrets.tumblr.com. Fair enough. .org. Um, yeah, well, everybody, uh, I don't know. What do we always say, Pat? Write to us at Pop Culture Continuum. Oh, right. Write to us at Pop Culture Continuum at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Rate us highly on iTunes. And tell your friends about the show. Yeah, I say just tell your friends. I don't I don't care about the ratings and stuff. Just, just uh, listeners. Um, so we can get our Emmy one day. Our podcasting Emmy. So again, thank you to David, and uh, it was great having you on. And uh, we'll figure—I don't think we've quite figured out what we're doing for next week, right, Pat? We have half, but not all the way. Yeah. So uh, you'll have to tune in for the exciting conclusion. Uh, but until next time, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>